Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Madness Continues podcast. Uh, this is your host, Brennan Lemon, as always. I'm the same guy. I don't know why I need to do that. Uh, I feel like you've the only people who listen to this podcast are people who already listen to it. <laughs> Make no attempt whatsoever to get a new audience, <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will, before we even begin, I will say this. On the last episode, I had 10 listeners from the UK, which was kind of amazing. Ooh, that is pretty cool. Uh, I had 10 listeners from the UK. Uh, our Russian listener dropped away. That was a little surprising. I oh, yeah. Apparently, Vladimir V. Putin got tired of this podcast. Um, that was yeah. the running theory, by oh, the way. Right. Oh, wait, no. I was confusing it with North Korea, which is, uh, you know, it happens. But, <laughs> but uh, no, but uh, I was, didn't someone die recently of, like, espionage sort of purposes in the government over there? So maybe I was going to say that could have been your podcast listener, but now this <laughs> is all just dead guy. noise. And Alexander non-needed. Navalny, who's running against Vladimir Pu- Vladimir V. Putin. I don't know. Uh, the guest that we have, this lovely baritone voice that you hear coming across <laughs> our second microphone, is none other than uh, Matt Baker, who is a comedian and uh, and filmmaker now here in Chicago. And um, I wanted to uh, have him on the podcast for a couple, a few different reasons. Um, one, because I want to draw more attention to his film Ghosted, which was recently like uh, re- released, I guess, on Vimeo. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, because I think everybody should take a look at it. It's a really, really good movie. And then also to kind of dive into a handful of other things, I think, um, around movie making and around basically, you know, just, I think, uh, what made you decide to go into it. And we'll get into that in a second, but... Ostensibly, the point of this podcast, just to remind everybody and Matt, is uh, we live in a very tumultuous, sort of crazy time, all kinds of uh, uh, future shock, present shock, things going on in the world. It's hard to get a sense, even of yourself in this world, let alone try to you know, go out on a project uh, like of filmmaking, which I think in itself can be kind of an existential dilemma, having attempted to do it more than once myself and never completed it properly. Um, so the point of this podcast is, I think, try to draw the straws out of this, uh, this, this bird's nest of life. And, um, and I think that being able to create something amongst all of that entropy is a great example of having done that because filmmaking is a process it feels like of drawing out all of those straws from a huge number of things that have to be all handled properly over any given amount of time to actually complete the project. So I hope that wasn't way too (laughs) (coughs) loquacious of an introduction. Uh, No, I mean, I appreciate all of that. I can echo some of those sentiments for sure. Yeah. uh, It's funny. Whenever I'm on a podcast, I never know when it's appropriate time to like come in because sometimes when there's a lot of voices. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Whenever. I don't know. Every time I'm in my head, right to start, but appreciate you having me. No, uh, that's a good way to, it's really hard to like, um, I guess, keep perspective when everything's going on. Cause when you have the script or whatever, and you're trying to make it and then everything's changing around and like trying to decide which ideas you still feel like have merit. And then, um, like what you're going to commit to and make it, uh, from start to finish is definitely like the whole time I was making it, I was thinking of other projects that I really wanted to do. And it was kind of a struggle to like stay present while making it like initially from the get go. And then after our first couple of shoots, I was like, I actually think this is some, this is going to be cool. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, what, um, I want to know how long of a process it was from the original idea through the writing to the completion. But before that, why don't you describe to everybody listening? A lot of my listeners come from Cora and, okay. um, 
are not from Chicago. Not from Chicago. As okay. we, as you know, ten people in the UK have ten no idea who you are. Okay, okay, well, <laughs> so hello. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what, what was the question? Uh, the question was, uh, why don't you describe the the movie and uh, to to the my audience, and you can kind of talk about it a little bit, and. Um, and I think maybe that's a good place to start. Okay. I'm um, trying to decide where to draw the line and not uh, spoil anything. Should the 10 people in the UK be so motivated to, to watch this thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but essentially, so it's called Ghosted. Uh, I wrote it before um, the, the show came out on Fox with um, Adam Scott and Craig. Uh, what's his last name? Robinson? Yeah, Craig Robinson. Very funny guy. Uh, so then when that came out, I was like, damn it, I already <laughs> wrote something with that same name. But uh, So it's essentially, it's centered around, that's a plot centered around uh, two people who match on Bumble and go on two dates. You see, you only see the second date, and they really hit it off, and then um, it's kind of, it explores the, the world in, in which these characters live. Um, I play the protagonist named Chris, who uh, has, two, has two very close friends who are his confidants and has like a co-worker who... Um, is sort of you know the classic like um, uh, you know the like work husband work work uh, wife sort of scenario except uh, she's pretty um, mean to, <laughs> to my character but she's really she's, she's very like I love I loved that character because she's so dry yeah and just kind of like just d- whatever dude like yeah no em- <laughs> Emily's the actress who played her um, is a good friend of mine Emily Walters and she's hysterical like she's one of my closest friends and I. Uh, improvise with her on occasion and where yeah she's really really funny and um it's what was really funny about her part too is when i originally i wrote that part for her like it was based on another person i know but i wrote it with the intention of emily portraying this character Mm. and i sent her the script and i said hey i just named the character emily i in hindsight i wish i could which i had changed it but I, i named the character emily and i sent it to her uh, via her secret Gmail account. If she hears this, she'd be so pissed. She has a secret Gmail that only four people know Wait, about. what? Why? Yeah, she has what, another MSN people? account that she does all her business with, <laughs> but I'm like one of like six people who know that she has. she's on Gmail. She doesn't want to have people G-chat her. I don't know. She's like a truly oh, hysterical well, because, person. Uh, you like, know that funny. super popular and interruptive G-chat that's always ruining our days. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm never going to share that I said this with her because we pissed at me. But anyway. Uh, that's cool. Me and you and 10 people in the yeah, UK are the only ones Ten people in the UK do not G-chat Emily. Uh, but uh, I sent it to her and she – and then I sent it to her before rehearsal we had for like an improv show. And she came up to me and I was like, so what would you think of this – your part? And she was like – Oh my God! Do you think I treat you like that? <laughs> like, like she thought that I wrote it because the character was Emily. Oh man, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, but then she was really funny. And oh it's... yeah, no, you treat me so nice, just like in the script. Yeah. Like... <laughs> and I had to be like, no, like I just thought you would play it well. Like uh, I yeah. thought, like your timing is very funny. It is. If she was you... very. It was good. Yeah, I was like, if you use <clears throat> that timing in this character, you'll be very good. Um. So then, yeah. So he's kind of that world. Uh, the Chicago, like living and working in Chicago, working in the Loop. And um, so all of a sudden, the Sarah, who's the romantic interest, I guess, which she's uh, play Casey Searles, who's a good friend of mine and very talented actor, uh, plays opposite me. She stops texting my character out of the blue and then um, chaos ensues. Yeah. Well, it was it's so funny because I won't give away the. You know, we'll figure out a way to direct people towards it. Um, we could spoil. I mean, if we need to spoil, no, it, that's don't. Fine I don't want to do it. It'll be um, <clears throat> it'll be like a good uh, it'll be a really good it's a reveal for them. It'll be like Darth Vader saying, 
I'm a- all right. Well, just yeah. reveal it. It turns out the girl is his father. Yeah, the girl Sarah was actually my father all along, and that my phone was a time machine, and I was my own uh, mother. It's it's dystopian and swart, but it's a lot of social commentary. Uh, I'm really proud of it. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's uh. So we won't ruin the surprise, but uh, I was amazed because you um. Your character really, I, oh shit, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say, I think your character really deals, like you, well, I wanna back up even further. Your character deals with this existential angst, like, very well in the, in the movie. Um, what I thought was very interesting is that, um, again, I've attempted more than once to make, uh, some kind of visual project, like a short film or a web series or something. And, uh, my ship is run always aground in the uh, shoal that is just fucking doing that because it's completely nuts. And uh, I was very impressed with not only how, that you that you got it done, period, <laughs> yeah. but then also how good it actually looked, how good it sounded, because sound design is very challenging. It is challenging. And uh, I thought how the you developed the story in the pacing of the film was so good because it was like, it it's so hard to and again like you guys will put the link in the description so you can go take a look at it but like i was very impressed with like how you actually paced the film such that i i it, it was very naturally uh, you know there was ups and downs and backs and forths and there was punctuated by humor like um <clears throat> How did you do that? I just want to straight oh, out ask. Like uh, how, how to, well, because there's people listening to the show. I should tell you that a lot of my audience comes from Cora, and people are trying to do shit like this with their lives. Yeah. And I'm just really impressed with the fact that you were able to do it. So, like, how did you? How the fuck did you do it, man? Uh, well, thank you. Appreciate those kind words. Um. Well, I will say a couple of things. Number one, I think a process that a step that gets overlooked now that I myself overlooked until. Um, a, uh, like I had a director of photography, Matt Mahaffey, who was really good to work with. He's a good friend of mine. Um, and he was pretty adamant that we needed to storyboard it and get down all the shots and the transitions and making sure every um, piece of the puzzle, if you will, was like intentional. There was an intent behind it. There was a purpose. Um, it can it can succeed or it can fail, but there's an intended purpose with mm. everything. And mm. I found as a director that I needed that because initially I was like, more casual about everything like I wrote this funny script that I really liked and I wanted to cast my friends and then you know when that the ball actually starts getting rolling like how do you do that and like I'd had actors who were friends of mine but they still had legitimate questions about their character about the scene about the the be- the comedy beats if you will and I, I and there was a handful of times where I was like I wasn't quite sure so then I would like pause it and then really think about it like, okay why are we doing this um so I think it gave the the dialogue more weight and like um, the pacing of it, I, I do think came out because of storyboarding. And I do think um, it was a well-written script mm. personally. Um, and then how did, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm biased, but I did, yeah. I wrote the script. Uh, no, and, don't break an arm jerking yourself off uh, over there. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, uh, it was, I thought it was yeah. well-written. I Thanks. thought it was, um, that's very, that's good advice. I feel like is just actually filling in every step of the process Yeah, because I've never storyboarded something and I feel yeah. like that's probably where well, a lot get, of that stuff go. fell off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Cause also you have to realize how realistic something is like what there was a couple of things that I had ideas for my, like, for example, um, there's a scene where my character is looking at a screen print, um, mm-hmm. and getting very emotional at it. 
originally I wrote that as I wanted to be in the Museum of Art. <laughs> like looking <laughs> the whole that beat was supposed to be me looking at the Museum of Art, a painting, like a really terribly sad Renaissance painting. And instead <laughs> and instead of look and it, I'm crying, right? And then the the angle reveals that it's me actually looking, ignoring the painting and looking at the read receipt on my phone, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. And then uh, that is a hilarious. Yeah, yeah that would have been really good. To, uh, yeah. And that was the one place that told me no. They told um, you you couldn't they shoot told there? Me I couldn't film there because it they have strict guidelines and basically anything you film there needs to like directly enhance the the, the Chicago Institute of Art. And I, I said on this ridiculous thing back. I'm like, oh, it will. <laughs> like, oh, you don't even know. Like, I'm <laughs> like I'm making this movie. That is so stupid of them. Uh, I was bummed. But then, actually, I liked what ended up coming out. Uh -huh. I liked more because one thing that was really cool was I had uh, – I made some changes in the script and some things were improvised. But mm -hmm. one thing, Casey um, is really good at screen printing. Mm. And as we made this movie, we developed like a friendship and she and I often talk about dating like that's uh, we, you know, as we all do. But like me and her specifically, I feel like we have really interesting conversations around dating. Mm. And she was telling me how um, whenever a guy doesn't she tells them about like some of her passions, like screen printing and improv or whatever, and they don't show an inherent interest, which is just there or not there. You know, you, some people can fake it, but, you know. <laughs> she gets upset like you know as anyone would like um and i was like oh what if you your character did screen printing and my character was interested in it like that will make our chemistry more you know natural she's like yeah that's a good idea so then the one scene where we're walking home and talking about it her screen prints and i'm actually my character is genuinely interested she like i think related to that and was able to be more affectionate towards me or like putting out vibes like more in that way and then I was able – I was like, okay, that's really cool. I like that. And then I went to her house to look at all her screen prints, and I really liked them. They were all these, like, yeah. cool, colorful pictures of fish. And so I was you like, could develop a lot of this, which is what she's doing at the beginning of the film. Yeah. So it makes it makes so much sense, like, that you could develop some 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 real uh, method acting because you're, like, <laughs> developing real affection for – your on-screen yeah. romance, basically. No, I mean, in, in a way, yeah. And, um, she, yeah, she was really fun to work with. But then I also just really liked her art. And that was, like, another thing I wanted to be a part of it. So then, like, the opening the opening credits are of her, like, sifting through her screen prints. And then that comes – so then she talks. She references it. And she has this beautiful moment, in, uh, in my opinion, when she's – it's such a – I actually think it's really subtle. And it's, like, a theme of the movie – She's talking about how she does monotype screen prints. Yeah. Um, and she says, um, but you can't mass produce them. You only get one. one. You get one yeah. try. And that's like all you get. And like that's kind of. That's that became really, a theme yeah. for the whole film. Yeah. And that, that was so powerful, I felt like. Thanks, man. Because it actually tied in. I thought it's funny you should say that because I remember thinking that when I went and reviewed the film again today is I was like it that comes out at the beginning and it it's almost like an echo for the theme of like the so many points of the of the movie yeah um and that was really i like when she said that a lot of that whole scene was maddening to edit i edited the film as well and like that scene was maddening maddening to edit because um i was like i really want this walk home we know what we need to say but i want it to be all improvised so it sounds organic you know see and that that's what was going to be my next question was how how much of that was written because a lot of it felt very organic and very like, and this is an interesting because it's sort of maybe a Chicago style of filmmaking. Because what's his name who produces Easy? Um, 
Uh, I'm going to forget this. Uh, Will, oh man, I, w- Will I wish Chamberlain. I had my phone now. <laughs> um, I, I will remember it in a minute. But the guy who produces Easy uh, and has produced Drinking Buddies and a handful of other films, okay, a lot of his movies have, have, have points of dialogue that he's like, just yeah, I just want the actors to improvise with each other but he it's interesting because it's like some some points of a film i can imagine you're like i need you this is a line that needs to be delivered these are the things that need to be said but then other points are sort of opened up and as somebody who both wrote and directed the movie you have a vision of what you're looking to do yeah and Um, that allows you to incorporate those things into it especially when you're the actor in the scene i guess yeah that was that like is a component i think i definitely struggled with initially because (laughs) Um, I think a strength of mine is like writing dialogue. Mm. I think I write good dialogue, but I'm also, you know, um, the actors have different, you know, <laughs> er, like, uh, yeah. instincts, you know? And for a while, sometimes like there was a couple of times where I was like, Oh, like, and then I'm a crazy person. So in my head, I'm like, I'm like, all the characters are talking in my head, you know? And yeah. I'm like, I'm writing it. And when I'm on set and then when their actors aren't quite doing that, I'm like, how do I get what I want? And then. I kind of had to check my ego a bit and be like, well, these are really talented people and they're in six Maybe I should trust them yeah. to and actually then, do something. Yeah. yeah. And then that scene <clears throat> in particular was really good because then I, that's one of my favorite scenes is the walking home from the bar part because it's, it sounds so natural to me. Like I really like it. It was, I thought it was great. Um, I'm really, again, from beginning to end, I thought the whole thing was great, especially for your first, this is really your first yeah. film. So walk me back through, how did you make the decision to, to actually go commit to doing this? Okay. And, how, and when did that happen? Um, so I guess just context of everything, it's a little indulgent, but I'll go there. Like I've wanted, I'm sure you're similar. I've wanted to be a comedian and like filmmaker since I was about nine. Like uh, I used, like I think my first memory of wanting to do that while well, I was like in third grade and uh, I asked my parents for my birthday if... Uh, I could have a bunch of friends over to film a Santa Claus secret agent movie. <laughs> and I ended up chickening out uh, because... Wait, I, from asking them or from, from filming from it? From filming it. So you yeah. had them all over. I did. Yeah, and we played. <laughs> we just played. Uh, but oh, so, Sorry, guys. Yeah, uh, so that was like the seed early on. Yeah. And then uh, I ended up making my first... first. But, move, but even yeah. then, hold on. But even yeah. then, I love that story because the the wanting to... It's such a vulnerable. You're so, you have to be so vulnerable. Yeah, it's, because you're like I'm committing time and maybe money and my reputation yeah. and my whatever social capital I happen to accrue with these people toward this vision that could <laughs> I and that is not I don't even know how this is going to turn out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, exactly. Did so, you ever see the movie Ed Wood? By the no, way, no, it's it's probably the- good you didn't see it before you did your movie. Okay, because Ed Wood is about. Uh, I would encourage every. Actually, I would enc- I would discourage people from watching okay. it. It's a if you're wonderful. In the UK, don't it's a beautiful to movie. It's extremely well done. It's about one of the worst filmmakers of all time, named Ed Wood, who is a guy who one hundred and ten percent believed in his vision. And could not make a good, a even decent movie to save his life. Okay. And so, anyway, I just, I, yeah. there's a part of, there's a vulnerability. I always think about that yeah. movie because I'm like, there's a vulnerability that you have to, there's something there. You know what I mean? You yeah. have to, so you are nine years old. You're like, yeah. oh, I'm filming Santa yeah. Claus. I was like, Santa's a double agent. 
you know, he goes when he, I remember the idea was like Santa was a double agent and he went in the Christmas was a guy so he could get intel on people. He was in their house. <laughs> and he could get all, I was like, who has more information than Santa? Santa Claus. He's and in he's everybody's house. Shit, yeah. He's got a shit ton of minions. Genius. And at, he's nine, got, at nine years old. <laughs> yeah. I, I distinctly remember like there's something there. And then, but I chickened out and my friends and I just played. Oh and then, gosh. So then cut. Oh, what might've been. Yeah. Cut forward like three years. Um, I finally had this really goofy idea. I wrote a script called The Cat Who Shat in His Hat. <laughs> uh, and then, which was, you know, a parody of the Dr. Seuss story of the titular cat accidentally yeah. taking a the crap cat in, his, who shat in his head. Yeah. And I did make this one. I did end up making it. Uh, and that's a whole other story. Essentially, I wrote it and then I cast my neighbors the neslin family like, he was my best friend growing up child of this guy phil neslin is really funny i uh, was a really funny kid and my older brother and then hit phil's younger sister and brother oh my god this and, is so good and and i cast them in it and the plot of the film is insane it was the cat accidentally takes a shit in his hat <laughs> and he needs to get a new one because he's otherwise just like a normal cat kind of like frosty in the snowman you know yeah, yeah. and if he, he doesn't have a hat yeah. what's he's just a fucking yeah, he's cat just a fucking no cat. one cares yeah um that's his thing is his hat and then uh <laughs> We go, and then he ends up going on like a hero's journey of sorts to get a new one. Ends up in he Antarctic. goes into yeah. the world of chaos. Yeah, and he uh, fa- to- falls for nine days <laughs> oh and then lands God. in the lake. Um, no, it's from uh, Paradise Lost. But um, so then, <laughs> so then, uh, point being, he ends up in Antarctica, aka my neighbor's basement, uh, where he squares off in one-on-one combat to get a new hat with Michael Jackson. Oh my God, <laughs> who's like trying to touch him, uh, and then. <laughs> uh, so there's that. So then I filmed that with my neighbors, and then I ended up getting in a lot of trouble. What? Why? It really wasn't my. Here's it's funny moment uh, because it wasn't they. So we filmed on the Neslin family camcorder, sure, right? And they're like, you know, I did, grew up in Lancaster, it, Pennsylvania. Like didn't a, want any videos of Michael Jackson touching peng, uh, I mean, uh, cats. Yeah, a little bit. That was probably <laughs> part of it, and I think they didn't like that. But what they really didn't like wasn't my fault. My brother took the camera from me and like proceeded to break the fourth wall to tell this really inappropriate joke i think you might have heard it where it's like uh you know it's a guy who's really pissed off at a fly so he shoots the fly and the fly drops into a fishbowl or drops into it on a cat the cat jumps lands in a fishbowl and and the punchline of the joke is so what's the moral of the story kids when the fly goes down the pussy gets wet Uh. (laughs) and my brother was like 10 and i was eight and like the median age on set was like seven yeah and i didn't get it sure i I genuinely did not get it yeah and i didn't have the editing your brother just being a fucking terrorist in the middle of your set yeah uh and yeah, and they were like horrified that like my brother said that on camera on their camera. So you're like, it's you because you're it's you and your family in the Netherlands, and then 50 miles of Amish in every direction. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> kind of. And then and uh, they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, so they were upset about oh, that. Man. Um, but then they let it go eventually. And then, I <laughs> hope that we did. You ever do a director's cut of that uh, movie? I it got destroyed. <laughs> they destroyed it. It was, no, sh- it was shortly what? after destroyed. But then Phil and oh, I, damn it, Phil and I did make a couple other stuff together. That one of them, most notably, was called Exotic Mixtures. <laughs> it was just oh, like we it. wore ridiculous outfits and filmed ourselves making a bunch of weird drinks with all the different stuff in my. Uh, so you have a yeah. history in experimental film. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, so enough on that. But uh, so that I did. But I've been wanting to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, since I was really young. And then I started doing improv and stand up when I was like 20. And then um, I moved out here to like pursue comedy. I wasn't sure exactly what that meant. 
and I was going through the ring, like the 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 cycles of doing open mics and doing um, sure. improv so classes. That, and that's how I met you. Yeah. Is that the first time I met you, you had long hair. I did. And you were walking along Belmont in Chicago, belt near Clark by uh, Ragstock with uh, Janelle Murphy and Aaron Burzak. Yeah, my roommates at the time. Got I'm it. still roommates with Aaron. And then, um, yeah, so then that was – so. I was doing all that stuff, and like you know, when you start doing stand, you get kind of like addicted to it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then um, it's easier to keep doing it than it is to stop. Yeah, and as hard as it is to start, it's yeah. easier to keep going once you're going. Yeah. Um. So then <coughs> I was kind of going in this circle where I feel like I wasn't really satisfied anymore. I started thinking really critically, honestly, about like what I what was what was I an ideal scenario for me, and I've kind of always thought. I never. I've always wanted to be a comedian. I didn't necessarily ever want to be a stand-up. It was kind of something that was like in college. There were open mics near me, so I sure. started doing it and having fun and doing well. And I was like, "This is, you know." I kind of created the identity around that, right? Sure. And I was like, "What do I like? Why am I doing stand-up?" And I was in my head, I was like, "Okay, if I'm doing stand-up, it's because I eventually want to get enough attention to be in a movie, like you know." Yeah. Um. And I'm like, "Why don't I just make a movie right now? Like Got I've it. wanted to make a movie since I was literally eight. Like, yeah." Um, I should might as you well. You already be- had one project ruined yeah, by. <laughs> I already had one. It the world a- is hostile to art. Yeah, the world. God, they don't understand us. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so I was like, yeah, I. So the I, right when I was like, uh, I was, I think I was, I was like twenty three, uh, and then I was like, I want to make a movie. This was like two years ago. So I'm twenty five now, and then I was, uh, um, writing stuff. I was like trying to meet with people and write scripts. And they never really went anywhere. It wasn't for any, you know, just to, that does that happens a lot, you know. Sure. Yeah. You don't. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna write it. I'm gonna direct it. And once I have something written, and I love writing scripts. It's a big passion of mine. Like mm. I can crank out a script, no problem. Uh, whether it's good or not is up for debate. But I really like writing scripts. I like reading scripts. Uh, they have any script you want, essentially. If you if you like the longest yard. I don't know why it's the first one I yeah. thought of. Dot PDF and Google, you'll find it on yeah. the internet. Yeah, you and can I, find them all yeah. over. Yeah, so I, I read scripts every day on my phone on the train usually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then so I started thinking about what's something I could actually film. So you, just to draw this out a little bit, so you immersed yourself basically in as much of kind of the, the, the you created a, a kind of uh, script. Um, <laughs> Matt, Matt's phone just cluttered, clattered to the floor of this apartment. Um, you, you kind of created a, a, almost a movie writing consciousness by cultivating sort of a lot of that over and over over a period of time. Yeah, I mean, it's harder because it's like... Which is the first step of the creative process is immersion. Definitely. Um, I think it's really important. I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, I think there's a subset of people who are instantly like judgmental. Or you ask them what their favorite, they want to make a movie, what's your favorite movie? I don't know, everything's shit nowadays. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, why the fuck are you making it? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think that's that many people, but I have encountered some. And then, uh, yeah, so I was like, what do I like? What... What are things that I really like? And sometimes you can't really explain. Sure. Why I like like one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie, might be The Life Aquatic with, with Steve, Steve Zizou. And I cannot tell you why I like it. Like, really? Like, it's what well, it's whimsical. Sure. I can tell you why. Do I like you like it. Wes Anderson films in I general? I do like Wes. Uh, not all of them. Go, uh, my gr- my girlfriend Gloria Scott loves Wes yeah. Anderson films. I like. They hit a certain note, they and do. there's a vibration, and it's not like anything else that you watch. Yeah, I agree. It's aesthetically amazing to look at as well. Yeah. So he yeah, does a very I, good job. Anyway, yeah, so I, I agree with that. So I was, like, really 
you know, immersed is a good word. So I was like, yeah, looking at that kind of stuff. And then I was like, what's something I can actually film? And that's really tricky. It's like, you want to have this imagination, but you also have to like constraints. Yeah. You have to realize you there's, you can't make everything. Yeah. But people say art from adversity. And I think that there's something, there's something true to that. What's interesting is you mentioned it earlier. You said, yeah, he's a crap like Chris. He's a guy who's based in Chicago. He works in the loop. But what's very interesting about your story is, is like, although it's set in Chicago, you could kind of it's relatable to just about anybody who lives anywhere is kind of how it felt. Yeah. I was like watching it thinking this is probably feels relevant to a lot of people's lives. Yeah, I do think you could just as easily be in Davenport, Iowa. <laughs> I and- agree. I mean, I'm sure the nature of courtships a bit different from place to place but essentially we all have smartphones now we all are sure. doing the apps and even if it isn't about then... the app well i mean here's the thing that's the inciting incident of the story yeah but it could be no anything. you meet someone yeah, yeah it could be anything know, else for sure um so then i started writing i thought i was in my head one thing that really made me laugh and i was considering doing a stand-up bit about it and i couldn't quite articulate a good punchline for it was uh the idea when someone doesn't text you back well, this is gonna spoil the movie but <laughs> well i mean it's called ghosted yeah okay I will, the thing was like, when someone doesn't text you back, my first instinct is always to worry, and the person is always fine. Like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm always like, oh my, are they okay? Like, you know What's what I mean? Ha- I mean, I'm so awesome; they yeah. couldn't lose interest. Yeah, <laughs> or just in general, even with friends, when they don't, sure. re- and people get busy or whatever. But yeah. I'm like, this person would respond, and I'm like, what if this person didn't because they were dead? And I was like <laughs> laughing. I just thought that was funny and interesting. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna write. A, I'm gonna write like something about that so yeah. then i wrote a uh, like a 33 page script and then um sent it to some friends and i got some feedback and then i rewrote another draft and that's actually when i wrote the scene for tristan mm. um i uh knew there needed to be in my head i was like there needs to be one more scene i think to get to my character like really well, hold on a second yeah. so let's back up so you sent this to all, a bunch of your friends and they give you feedback. Yeah. So um, it's like, it wasn't two people, two people. What was their feedback and how um, did you choose those friends? Because what I think is interesting is that there's a lot of times where I've sent, I wrote a whole web series for when I was living in Boulder, Colorado yeah. that I really liked. And just so everybody's aware on this podcast, uh, I'm actually an internationally award-winning playwright. Uh, oh, you yeah. didn't know that about me. It's not, I didn't. It's not something that I talk about yes. very often. Yeah. Um, I wrote a play that won an award in Paris. Okay. Um, and so I'm a rather good writer, I think. Okay. But, I agree. Um, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know, but if you want an award in Paris, I will take it. Sure. Will, and so I say away. this only because uh, I wrote this web series and sent it off to a group of people yeah. and got, like, one, a whole lot of them didn't give me any feedback. They oh, just, yeah. just like, oh, yeah, I didn't finish it. And then a whole bunch of other ones got back feedback that was completely irrelevant to what like I was writing where they were like, you know what I think would be cool is instead if uh, these were people in Boulder, they were like bananas on the moon. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? And then there's yeah. a, the third group that I sent them to got back, um, you know, maybe a little bit of feedback, but it wasn't terribly like, uh, yeah. constru- you know, constructive. So my question to you, I guess, is how did you choose those people? And do you, you know they what was that like what feedback did they get back with um yeah it was good feedback so i i sent it to mike tobicker and emily walters who are in the Got movie it. okay cool they're like my closest friends in chicago sure. and i like collaborating with them yeah a lot um mike by the way and emily are both hilarious yeah. in the film so yeah for definitely i think mike's character is legitimately like so fucking funny he really is yeah and uh so funny to the point that and emily as well as i remember watching going 
I feel like these are maybe did Matt like hire these actors? Yeah, like, they're really good. And I mean, and I'm aware of Mike from Facebook and the yeah. Chicago scene, although I've never really met him. Yeah, but I was like, these they're so good. Yeah, no, they're both really talented, and I like them a lot. Obviously, so then um, I would send it to Mike, and I and I sent it to Emily as well, and um, Emily, uh, she gave me some feedback that was like mostly. She went like line by line and kind of gave me different stuff. Like here, like I had some, some lot, some dialogue that wasn't as lean as it could be. And Emily was pretty good. It was just like when it was a little superfluous, or she yeah, thought she it was, was like, why don't you just cut? Some yeah, of this she down? she made some suggestions there that was very like practical. Got it. That, um, and then asked me some questions about her character. Uh, I remember she was like, "Well, how is?" Because she originally was like, "Yeah, do do you think I?" talk to you like this and then <laughs> but she was like well why is my character so confident and i go she's not necessarily confident she's just savvy like she yeah. knows like yeah, that's a smart person yeah she just knows like if what's up with like dating like she knows that if someone's not responding to you it's not because they're dead it's because you know they don't like you like stuff like that yeah yeah so then i was able to answer some questions to her and then she yeah so she gave me that stuff mike um was was like he was he didn't give me a whole lot but he said he originally in the scene I had his character not good at racquetball because Mike isn't good at racquetball. I mean, it, we don't play often <laughs> yeah. at all. That was the only time we've played. We said we wanted to play because we had a lot of fun that day. But I wrote it out of convenience, and Mike was kind of like – he was funny because Mike's gay, and he was like, well, I'm sure there are gay people in the world who are bad at racquetball. I just <laughs> don't know like what message that sends. And I was like, and I kind of, I thought critically oh about Oh my gosh, that is funny. Yeah, and then I, and I was like, it's – and then I kind of like looked outside myself for a little bit. I wasn't never offended, but I was trying to think. Yeah, I yeah, did, of course. Uh, um, I didn't want to write anything that was inherently like. Yeah, bad. but I mean, it's and the then, one opportunity. It's like it's a one portrayal of him, a gay character doing something athletic. Yeah, and he was like, "I want to be really good at racquetball." Oh my god! And I was like, "That's hilarious!" Because, but I was like, in my head, I was. It like, really was too. Yeah, I, it, it was. So, really and it good. came off really good in the film. Well, so. the thing that's so funny about it though is that if you actually play racquetball, all the shots are illegal. <laughs> None of his shots were at all legal. Um, but the thing that was so funny, too, and I truly love Mike. Like, he, I have so many, I edited it. So I watched it over and over and over again. And Mike put so much of himself into it and, like, yeah. and really wanted to be good. And he really wanted to be good. And the racquetball scene, he, he had this smirk about him the whole day because he was like, look at me. Like, I'm a great racquetball player. Oh, that's so funny. And, his yeah. scene in the kitchen where he's singing. That was awesome uh, i i i literally i was uh, i watched it again today at work uh when i was uh doing administrative stuff and i was laughing so fucking loud i had these headphones on and i was <laughs> laughing so loud people were like what are you what are you what are you listening to and i was like oh, i just i can't even <laughs> like, yeah. like i can't <laughs> I thanks can't man even. no it's serious that yeah, it day good. was really that was improvised as well but I, so I, how many days uh and we're coming up on time here in a little bit okay but, but how many days did you shoot this for? I mean, how many uh, how many it was, shooting it took days? Took a long time. Yeah, there was well, definitely it, moments seasons where I was changed. Like, yeah. I feel like right. It, they did. Uh, that took a while. So I started. I wrote it in September of last year, um, and then I started filming in January because Patton, the guy who plays Adam, moved to New York. Got and it. He was moving February first, so we were like, he told us that like right after like January like fifth. So we're like, shit, we gotta we film. gotta get all this stuff. We gotta done film next week, like you know. Yeah. And I was like, in a way, I think it really got me going. Like, okay, if you want to do this, now it's time. So I started doing it then January, and then I was still like, had a, doing a lot of staying up and improv at that time. Sure. So then, just trying to navigate everyone's schedule was really difficult. So we shot all the way up until 
like May, mm. and then there were pickups randomly throughout the summer of mm. like shots on trains or like yeah um fronts of buildings for like establishing shots yeah so yeah that's kind of it took a long time so how did you get you first first of all did you what did, what was your budget for the movie uh i spent let's see here the only money i spent was my matt mahaffey the director of photography um we brokered a deal essentially that was i would buy a cinema grade camera for the project if he got to keep it and then he would work it off for me and that was twenty three hundred dollars and that's really the what what was the camera uh it was a canon c100 oh shit that's a nice camera yeah we found a really great price on ebay and i the movie looks really good it looks amazing (laughs) it honestly uh, looks amazing yeah thanks man Um, yeah and uh, good investment that's a great i'm so so was that the entire but that was Uh, basically i mean i spent money getting i spent I would probably say I spent maybe a little bit more than five. I probably spent like seven hundred more dollars. <laughs> really? Uh, on, maybe on just other. So altogether yeah. under three grand, basically. Yeah, I, I would say right around three grand. Well, that, I, that's so impressive, man, because you got a crew and actors and uh, you know, I mean, lighting equipment. I know, and all of this stuff all together, edited it yourself, all for under three grand, basically in a year. That's pretty impressive. Thanks, man. I'm very proud of it. Um, yeah, there were, the, but also I got like that was the one of the coolest things. Because too. I mean, you're, I mean, think about this. I just want everybody listening to understand this. Is this is a year long process, basically from writing through shooting over months of time, getting lots and lots of takes. And most people have never been on a movie set, but I have. And uh, but I have. That sounded <laughs> so I shitty. I know, and I know, uh, I know where but, you're going though. But yeah. I'm better than yeah. my audience. No, uh, but I'm. I'm um I have a habit of getting too excited and then yelling into this microphone. It's cool. I hit my phone onto the ground really hard. <laughs> yeah, it was great actually to watch. It was the reason I liked watching it was I liked watching. I waited for a moment to see what you're gonna do. <laughs> you just you were like, yeah, fine, it's fine. I don't need it right now. Plus, I'd have to like I I knew that I had the in, the quick fantasy in my head. If I reach for it, the earbuds are gonna like you pop out. Yeah, and yeah. So I just left it. Uh, no. What I was gonna say is um so. You know, I I've been on a movie set before, and I'm aware of you know people don't understand this, but even small independent projects have long amounts of time to do very small amounts of things. Yeah, everything takes you have much to be super yeah way longer. And like so the for example the party that you guys have, I was watching that going. I I bet this was two weeks of work like in their apartment. That well yes and no. So that was a long night for sure. Um, yeah, we we started at like seven. We I invited a bunch of people on Facebook and then hounded them individually via text, being like, "Hey," because Patton was moving, so we're like, "Patton, we have moving. to do this." Yeah, I was like, "But I was like, come see Patton." <laughs> I yeah, was like yeah, using that as currency. Yeah, like, that's so um, good. Yeah, and the reason I gave Mike one of the reasons I gave Mike a producer credit is Mike bought all the food that night. Got like, it. And like bought a um. Well, I paid for the pizza, but he got all the beer and all the appetizers. Sure, and, he's like, the guy who made the yeah, extras happen. Yeah, and then he also like host housed a. He, oh, multiple scenes are shot at his house yeah. and whatever. So we did. We this sh- is why this was so put together is because it's like, it doesn't feel at no point in the film. Does it feel like this is a low budget, no budget fee- film? Yeah. It feels like I, it feels like a film that you, you had a budget for. Thanks and like, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I think it looks really good. So I'm very proud of that. But, uh, yeah. So then we did that and then we shot from like two, from like 7 PM to two in the morning. And then in the morning, we all woke up and then we did the boys brunch scene, which Got is it. maybe it's a great scene. Yeah, my favorite scene. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, I so 
This is so interesting. What is so a year long process took a long time to write. You had people work on it uh, over the course of a year. Um, you know that you edited it yourself, which is a process I I don't even really want to get into because I know that it's that's a whole other animal in itself. But I will say it was well edited to the point where I noticed how well edited it was. Having seen a lot of like not, you know, a lot of really independent, low budget, self produced yeah. stuff, I was like, man, this is really it's actually like really good. Thanks, man. And there's almost no time where any of the editing came out and it was so well edited i should say that there's a handful of scenes in the movie that i thought were handled so well that i was like this almost feels like it uh i could see you know it being th- this would be portrayed the same way in a f- full length feature with a butt with a huge budget produced at the studio is kind of how it felt oh well that's very flattering uh-uh. um yeah thanks well, well you're fucking welcome man uh, thanks sorry no i appreciate <laughs> what you're saying i don't know how to say it other than thank you but uh yeah um truly i have i well you could say thank you i did say thank you <laughs> uh, for the record i'm done uh, the, I record, heard you, man. Let the record show i said thank you um no i love <laughs> Uh, there are things that are painstaking about filmmaking, but I I really have passion for like every uh, part of the process. Like I, my dream, I want someone to see this and be like, hey, I really like this. Here's X amount of dollars to do it all over again. Like, oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah, like I, I well, you know, Dove Simmons, who was a guy who uh, was an influence on me early on. He's he runs a film academy that um, Quentin Tarantino went to actually, I think, and. Um, he had a great quote, which he's like, if you want to make a a twenty thousand dollar budget movie, you have to make a two thousand dollar budget movie. And if you can make a two you know, if you want to make a two thousand, you have to make a two hundred. And you made a three thousand dollar budget movie. It's very easy for you to go on and figure out basically how to make the thirty thousand budget movie because you've completed a project. And it's like one of the things that has been a big influence on me in the last year, and I would encourage everybody in the audience to think about, is that you know how can you choose? How can you choose yourself and choose the things you want to do in a way that um, are meaningful and reflective of I think the quality you're trying to produce in the world? And it's cool because uh, you decided to make a movie and then you made the fucking movie, and like that that's a, something that not a lot of people have ever done, and it stands out. Not only did you make the fucking movie, but it's it's pretty good. Like I <laughs> I I was like this is this is good. Like and he made it for no, basically nothing. Peanuts, you know. Yeah. Uh, thanks, man. $3,000 is a handful of weekends at a part-time serving job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's it's amazing. And uh I could easily see you going on and and doing uh, a a much bigger thing next um or much bigger things down the line because you were able to wrangle this all together like this. Thanks, man. Um, I I think a lot. I mean, a lot of people sincerely were very helpful. I think using people that I'm very close with, who were all of them wanted to do well and have it reflect uh, well on me. Was yeah. Like so neat. quality yeah. of people you're working yeah, with is like, huge. So the cast was really really good. Um, yeah. Everybody I worked with, I am very thankful to. I thought did a great job. And then yeah, I I am also you know proud of myself as well. I put in a lot of work. So yeah, like, I think you, know. you should be. I mean, that feels good to me. Yeah. Um, again, I've never done that enough of that job, and you got right into the work of it. It's really cool. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, how's the? What are we looking on time? We gotta we gotta sign off here. Yeah, yeah, I gotta. Uh, yeah, we should probably do that. Um, so where can somebody find it? Where can somebody get at you? Okay, uh, it's a little tricky right now because I am trying to get distribution in 2018, so I have it privately uploaded to Vimeo. We can the passwords emojis. You can. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll put the link. That's the password. Yeah. Uh, emojis. E M O J I S. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And then, so I'm in the process of trying to get it. I'd really like to get it, you know, obviously, um, <laughs> dream school, Netflix, yeah, safety school, Vimeo, <laughs> <laughs> safety uh, school, Amazon prime, maybe. Amazon prime. I'm interested in as well. Like all, so I'm trying to be as ambitious as I can and then tailor it back down. If worse comes to worse, I have it publicly on Vimeo. I'm going to think of interesting ways to market it. So. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I think again, like, I mean, this, this is a project that the ROI on this could be the $300,000 to $3 million, maybe next budget movie that you end up doing. Or, I mean, who knows? All I'm saying yeah. is that like I, this, 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 I thought it was very good. And again, for basically a, an almost feature length film that you made, Oh, here's here's the fun part about it. It is feature length. I thought it wasn't. It's a really weird. Oh, length. really? Here's yeah, real quick. Um, yeah, any, I thought it was anything over an hour. Turns out it's forty minutes. I was looking at all what? these film festivals. Yeah, so I made a feature. I didn't Holy try shit. to. I legitimately Holy did not shit, try man. to. Uh, so I've, I've technically made a feature film. Yeah, I, I okay. So a feature length film, basically. I mean, it's, I was just I, just saying like it's it's uh, impressive. And I feel like, um, you know, the ROI on it could not be this one. It's basically the same thought I had when I did Unbookable was I was like, I'm not looking to make money from the special. I'm just looking to see how it could lead to bigger things. And it did. And this is the same kind of thing. Yeah, I'm hopeful. You chose chose yourself. You chose your business and to move on from there. And uh, and I think it's, it's a great platform to have you like you know, come up from. So thanks, man. Yeah. I really, I, I am, I'm very, this is one of these cool things about being in the scene in Chicago a little bit is that I run into people who I'm like, this is probably going to, this person's going to probably be somewhere in a few years. I feel like you're very easily one of those people. Oh, so. thanks, Brandon. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, well, anything else before we sign off here, man? Uh, no, just thanks for having me on. Yeah, Appreciate man. It. <clears throat> you're welcome. Everybody should go check out this film. And meanwhile, the madness continues. Bye.